0: You are listening to episode 44. This episode is brought to you by my new course, How to Dominate LinkedIn with Your Personal Brand. Do you feel like when you're on the LinkedIn platform, you're not really sure how to actually navigate it? Does it feel clunky or confusing? And do you have all these connections, but you're not sure how to really leverage those connections and how to really show up virtually in presenting your personal brand? Well, that is what this course is about. Because since September, I've gone from 1,500 connections to about 8,000 connections on LinkedIn. Not only that, I've gotten clients through my content, and people have actually reached out to me to speak for virtual speaking engagements. So, if this is something that you would really like to capitalize on and take advantage of, and learn about, then this course is definitely for you. And you can learn about it more uh, in my show notes and I will have the link to the wait list just for you. And now on with the show. On today's episode, we get to interview someone that I've just gotten to know recently and super admire and that is Christina Frost. I first met Christina through the Well Collaborative which is a community of women entrepreneurs in my city. And she was teaching one of our Working Well classes and really teaching on how we can really pay attention to how we're feeling in running our business. But not only that, she has a lot of technical skills. As you will soon learn in this episode, she has worked with a lot of huge brands in product design and various forms of design. And she is a woman in tech, and she has a lot of experience in the tech space from Silicon Valley itself. So... I'm so excited to share with you her knowledge and see if you get inspired as I have on today's episode. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Ian Bain. And welcome to the Okiki podcast. And today I have a very special guest. Her name is Christina Frost, and I met her through the Well Collaborative. Uh, she has a very amazing background in tech, which you will share in the podcast. But I got taught by her in a workshop, and I was just so excited to have her on the show and to showcase her and to hear her value for you all today. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Ian. This is great. And first of all, I wanted to ask, um, what is your background? What was your journey in your, in actually getting into the career of your choice?
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting because I feel like a lot of people, including myself, uh, fall into things just by chance. Before product design in tech was a thing, I went to school. So there wasn't a program for that. But I did study something that's really close to that. So I studied what's called industrial design, which is product design of like everyday objects, Um, Anything from, you know, shoes to cups to cars, all, you know, all that cool stuff. So yeah, I I really fell in love with making things and making things that were more thoughtful. Um, And it was right before the sustainable movement was coming into place. So for me, it was really thinking about if you're going to make something um, you know, you need to be more thoughtful about it and what kind of materials you're going to use and the impact on, you know, people and the environment. Um, and so it's it's interesting because all that all of that really translates well into product design for technology as well. So yeah, I I really I went to the University of Michigan. Their program was very much, I would say it's more free form. It wasn't nearly as rigid as a program. Um, that you would see in like their private art schools, so I would say it was really meant for to to well round make more well rounded as a as an individual. Um, it really was more it was less hard skills, which I was craving, and really it was more on the conceptual side, so it was almost like an m f a program, but all of us undergrads were yeah, we are trying to make things, and it was really hard because we didn't have the hard skills so uh it was really hard to find a job as an industrial designer without having a solid portfolio showcasing hard skills and uh my friend one of my best friends and I we went in 2007 when we were still in college to uh Connecting 07 which was a Industrial Designer Society of America conference and they were having it in San Francisco that year and so that was our first time going to California and we fell in love we're like this place is amazing um we should move here uh fast forward couple years. Um, my best friend, she graduated and she moved there. Uh, and then I decided to up and move without really any plans and slept on her sofa for three months and got a job in retail. And really, I had to slowly work my way into tech. So they also did have industrial design uh, companies in in San Francisco. Some of the bigger firms that are more, more well known are there. But unfortunately, the pay is not very good. So and living in San Francisco is very expensive. And also it was much harder uh, to get a job in in industrial design just because there weren't as many jobs. So I slowly worked my way into tech. um, And I really started that through marketing design. And I feel like a lot of people maybe in my generation started that way, graphic design, marketing design. And so I was working for a public policy group. Uh, working on their events and their marketing. And then eventually I moved to another company that needed more just marketing work. And so that was really a great uh, point where I put together proposals and, you know, did all the graphic design for their proposals. And then from there, I decided I wanted to work um, from home. So yeah, I ended up getting a long, like a long-term remote contract with Duarte Design and so Duarte's a, I mean, they're really just a big design firm. They're most well known for their presentation design um, and executive keynotes. So I know like Apple, I don't know if they go through them anymore, but Apple was a big client of theirs. I worked on accounts for Cisco and McAfee and Intel and then some local companies in San Francisco as well to make. Their presentations. Um, and I really loved it. I had a, like probably one of my best bosses. I never met him in person. He was yeah, it was crazy. It was like before it was also before like video chat was a thing. So we would get on the phone together and walk through like getting feedback for these like 100 page keynotes. And we'd have to use join me. I don't know if anyone remembers join me. Um, and that's kind of like a, sh- a screen sharing uh, thing. So yeah, That was really great. He was based in Chico. I was in San Francisco. And then the office was actually in Mountain View. So I really loved remote working, but I did get really lonely. Um, It was just me and my cat, really. So I ended up getting a job at Pandora Radio. um, And Pandora Radio is just based in the United States. Um, But I got to really help own and shape the sales uh, presentations and the sales and marketing executive keynotes. So that was really a good time. And I had a really great fostering um, manager there as well. So really overall good experiences. But then I really still felt like I was missing something. And so that was in um, 2013. And so then I was starting to look for jobs in product design, entry level, Um, and I said, since I had a solid visual design background doing like lots of graphic design, I really positioned myself as a visual designer first, um, and was able to get a hybrid role at a startup. So that's really, I would say where I started my journey and it took about four, I would say four years to get into tech. Um, I think it's a little different now because you can, you know, go to school or take programs or, um, workshops or whatnot to build a portfolio, but, um. I did the long laborious route. Um, and yeah, Mo, so it was MoPub. I had a friend from college. We have uh, at the University of Michigan, the network's pretty far reaching. You can find U of M people everywhere. And so it was nice that I had someone I actually went to school with art school, he was working there as their first product designer. And so I got their their second design role there as like I said, a hybrid designer. So I was focusing on the visual design inside the product. So like what someone would call UI right now. And I was also working on the marketing and branding side, which was really fun because I got to like fly to New York and like go to like the the Times building because we were having our, our conference there and so cool. be like, we're going to put signs here and signs there. Right. I was like, I'm living the dream. I'm really living the dream. Um, but five days into my job at Mopub, we got bought by Twitter. So it was a whirlwind. Um So we were formally at MoPub in our office uh, for a couple, for me, for a couple months. And then we moved the whole company over into the Twitter office in San Francisco. So that's really where I started, I would say, my like solid product design career.
0: Wow. That is quite an incredible (laughs) journey. (laughs) And it sounds like you're very... um what's it called? Opportunistic and very adaptive because as you're explaining to the audience, you started more with industrial design. But I do find it fascinating that you were looking at the landscape saying, okay, that's not quite working, but you still managed to get these jobs with some very like well-known brands and companies. And even that in itself, I'm sure you could do maybe a court, uh, explanation on that in the future, how to actually land those kind of jobs because those weren't small Brands that you got to work with by any means. So you started with this tech company and then it got bought by Twitter right away. So what was that experience of being bought by this huge tech brand and very fast growing tech brand, especially at the time? What was the experience of working with them and and what did you learn from that? Yeah,
1: for me, it was a whirlwind. It was, you know, the fall of 2013 and Twitter had the rumblings that they were gonna be going IPO. So going public and we were bought just before that. And it was just really just crazy. Like it felt like we were the popular kids on the block when Mm. we got bought. And for me, it was weird because I'd only been there two months. So (laughs) I didn't, I kind of had like a weird identity crisis, but I think it was just a really great time to join because we were going IPO. I had never worked at a company that was, um, that big before, even though my whole point was to be at a startup. <laughs> um, I had left Pandora also because I wanted to be in a smaller company mm. um, to make a bigger impact. And so, so I was a little bit torn, to be honest. I wasn't sure if I really wanted to be at Twitter at the time. And I had heard from former colleagues at Pandora that had worked at Twitter before. I mean, you just kind of go back and forth to the different companies, um, but they didn't have a positive experience. So I was a little worried about that. But I think what really helped me was that Mopub was staying fully intact as its own company. We weren't being split up. We weren't being what was called aqua hired.
0: They weren't mm. just hiring
1: the talent. They were hiring the whole company. They wanted to keep the whole company together. Um, we were really lucky that we were able to have all of the company on the same floor because usually they would they would make the sales team go up with Twitter sales and the Twitter devs and product go down with the Twitter devs and product. So, mm. or yeah. So we were really fortunate that we could still be our own company um, inside of Twitter. Um, and it's still there today. Like you could go to Mopub's website. It's, it's still Mopub, which is really cool. So that was, for me, it was a positive experience, but I think for people who are with Mopub longer, it was maybe a different feeling, right? And some people didn't come with us, but our CEO was amazing and he made it where all of us, it, the deal was you hire us all or we don't come at all. So most times you have to be um, go through an interview process, even if your your company is being acquired by these bigger companies like Twitter. Um, and so I honestly don't think I would have got the job at Twitter if I had to interview because I was so new to product design. Um, and when I got there uh, a few months into my job, you know, the VP of design at Twitter was like, you have to pick one. Are you are you going into marketing design and it, you know you'd be a senior there like you have you have the skills the expertise and the years behind you but you know if you want to be a product designer you're going to start from the beginning and you're going to be a product designer one and so I had this choice and I was like I will be a product designer one because that's really where I want to be hmm. so I really felt like that opportunity really kept me there for a long time because I was able to learn so much and I was there for almost six years
0: wow so um that's an interesting thing too is that you you chose the choice that would help you grow it seems and also grow in the areas you wanted to even though optically <laughs> what is presented to you it seems like no you should be picking this one but you really I guess followed your heart in that and you're like no this is where I want to grow um that's really interesting and so um I just wanted to also discuss with you, um, as a woman in tech and in that space, um, what were some of your experiences in finding those opportunities, especially out there uh, in in the valley? Like, that's so intimidating to a lot of people. Um, And also, yeah, what was your experience being so early on the scene? Like you said, were were you seeing a lot of women in that space? Uh, Were you supported regardless? Um, What was your journey like from that perspective?
1: Yeah, it's pretty interesting because I felt marketing has always been a very um, female dominated, not industry, but part of companies. So for me, that part felt pretty normal. And actually before before I, I went to Pandora, I was also doing um, investor pitch decks, I forgot to say, investor pitch decks for um, startups. So I was really fortunate that I had friends that went through the Y Combinator program, which is a very big tech incubator. And I did their pitch deck. And then, of course, like you you do a good job, then they tell everyone else. So it was just basically like I became like the person doing pitch decks for YC companies, which was like amazing. So it was interesting because all of the people I interacted with were men, right? Like they're usually like engineers with um the founders of the, these companies and their men or boys in my opinion <laughs> um so for me i i kind of like had a feeling that it was going to be pretty male dominated from the technical side so going going into twitter um i would say at least from a product design perspective it was almost 50-50 male female but yes definitely when it would be a meeting with like all of the the devs or the engineers it was You could, it was like a 90% male. Um, Maybe you'd be lucky if there was like one or two female developers in your meetings. So um, I remember one meeting where there was, I think, literally three women in the entire room of like 20 people. (laughs) It was crazy. Um, And that's kind of like, sadly, what it's like. I think it's getting better now um but yeah back in like 2015 it was it was definitely still very male dominated and very and very, very like white like it was very rare to find like we would have people from around the world in twitter um but still very much um white male dominated
0: really interesting yeah and also along those lines too um did you find that in some cases it was an advantage then um, that you were female in this space like in terms of even your perspective on things um, were there times it was advantageous for you I guess
1: I mean I would like to think so um, but it's just funny because all of our managers were always men um, we maybe had a few female manager design managers in Twitter um, but I never I reported to one she was fantastic but that was only for a brief period and but yeah, for the most part, most of it was, most of them were white men getting to be managers, even though like our individual contributors or ICs on, on product design were 50% female. And that, I definitely felt that. And I felt that, um, like we had a, a a manager who was pretty new to managing at the time. And I had a, one of my good friends who was a designer as well, um, called her emotional <laughs> is like the thing you're you know like if you're a man you'd be called passionate whereas yeah that was very bad feedback um so for I don't know for me I felt like I did tread a bit lightly even though I did try to show up as myself as much as possible I'm a very honest person and very direct so so yeah but yeah that was definitely something that was different <laughs>
0: yeah for sure (laughs) and just trying to understand each other trying to understand those dynamics too also I just wanted to circle back just for a bit onto something you said it sounds like that individuals in that space there's a lot of talking to one another as well so um were you able to find um other women in tech who worked for other tech startups around you that you could
1: almost like relate to one another on your experiences as well um funny you should ask that I so my best friend she also ended up going into tech and then another good friend of mine as well so there's a few of us that went to art school together studied industrial design and landed in tech in the bay bay area and we don't really talk about we didn't really talk about our 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 issues with work or vent or anything yeah maybe other people do we just kind of like enjoy each other's company and don't talk about work but, Fair enough. <laughs> but 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 at work yes I really it's really important to find a support system and thankfully Twitter was such a big company like there they were like 3,500 employees at the time wow. and that was spread across the, the world but we had I think the majority were in San Francisco um but yeah, I really tried to create a support network for myself inside of Twitter and also be a support for other people as well. Um and there's really fabulous people at Twitter. Um and not just females, but there are tons of males. Like some of my developers that I worked with were some of my closest friends and you know, we had we'd go camping, like I mean it was it was a really great opportunity. So it was really about surrounding yourself with the people that lift you up, right? didn't didn't necessarily matter if they were men or women. Very cool.
0: And um, I I wanted to also ask about your process then of creating your own business from all of this. And uh, like you're mentioned before, you're already helping um, individuals in Y Combinator with their slide decks, which is a huge thing, and, and their prototypes and different things like that. Um, so what then led you to start creating like your own business, or was that already starting from that? that point in time
1: I mean I've always done work on the side outside of my full-time job I'm not the kind of person that would just do one thing um design is my life I love designing I love creating um experiences and objects so I just can't help myself um like my husband and I we have a house we're renovating right now we love interior design (laughs) I work full-time right now at a local tech company. So, you know, that's my like nine to five. And then, you know, I really enjoy helping at the Well Collaborative, um, particularly for, you know, women and women uh, who are entrepreneurs, women, small business, and of course, women in tech. There's not, there's not many locally, but um, it's really great when I get to connect and work with you guys, you gals. And yeah, for me, it's, I just, I don't know. I just like designing. So I just will always probably be doing that. I'm always, I've always been entrepreneurial. So my husband and I are also starting our own little home goods company. (laughs) Like he's, he has his own film production company. Um, Yeah, we just, we love business, I guess. I don't know. But for me, it's like, it's just really rewarding to help utilize my skill set to help people um, really be their best in the work that they want to be doing. So that's what excites me the most.
0: Yes. That's, um, that's so interesting. And I'm also very excited for those, <laughs> those projects that you mentioned to see them. And um, I also wanted to ask, too, because you've kind of journeyed now now um, before you were, you know, right in the valley and right in the middle of all of that. And now you've um, migrated to the same city as me. <laughs> and uh, I was going to say, what are like some of the huge differences you found with how it's looked like for you and your business out here? Um, I know you're working with what would be considered one of our biggest tech companies in this city for sure. <laughs> um, Are there things that are super similar and are there things that are super different based on your experiences and yeah do you like being out of that bubble Um, after spending that time that time you've invested over there?
1: Yeah I mean I definitely miss San Francisco um, but it kind of wears you down like I was there for nine years. And, um you know, I got married, we had a baby, uh we bought a house, but we couldn't afford a house. You'd think in like working for Twitter, you'd be able to buy a house inside San Francisco. Oh, no, we were, we were an hour and a half out of San Francisco. So I, I like to say the deep East Bay. So um I spent four years, we spent four years living in downtown Oakland. And it was just like, the best experience I just love we loved being there but we couldn't afford a house there so we had to move even more east over over the Berkeley Oakland Hills where it was quite hot so it was crazy because you'd commute in it would be like I'd be wearing like my flip-flops because it was like uh I don't know Celsius but it was like you know 90 degrees in the morning waiting for the train you'd get on you'd get to San Francisco and it would be like 60 degrees (laughs) Like, it was just like a huge difference. So you'd always, I always carried a scarf. I have all these scarves and I never wear them now in Saskatoon because uh, you just don't need them. So uh, yeah, I just, it was, it was brutal. It really wore me down and wore my husband down because you would have like one way, it would be like a two hour commute, sometimes a three hour commute just to get to a, a film project. Um, and so for us, we really wanted to be close to family. Um, despite you know I had really built my life in San Francisco all my best friends were there from college um, it just it was home and but yeah we decided to move here for me it was funny because I told him I'd never live in Saskatoon or Saskatchewan actually I was like I'll never live in Saskatchewan like no way like I'll move to Calgary I don't live to- in some ways <laughs> like why from an outside perspective you'd be like
0: what why am I moving there
1: yeah when I moved here, everyone's like, why would you move here? Uh, But you know, he's from here, his family's here. I had come to visit quite a few times and I ended up really liking it. I found, I found the things that I needed, you know, like for me, I have to have, I'm a coffee snob. So I have to have good coffee and San Francisco is known for good coffee and the outdoors as well is really important to me. The outdoors are a little different here and that's totally fine. So I can appreciate the outdoor doors doesn't have to be rugged mountains all the time and and I like that we're only six hours away from like bam so that's not too bad but yeah it is definitely different for me it was really helpful to find a group of women that was something that was going to be important to me was finding people to surround myself with and um, and I found that through the well collaborative and and I found it through Facebook actually it was just like I was like looking through Facebook events trying I was like how could I find friends <laughs> and then I saw yeah there was this thing called coffee and connection and I went and the rest is really history I was just like I clung on to the well and um it's it's been a really exciting ride and I just really enjoy my time working with those girls and so that really helped me but yeah working working here at a one of the local tech companies there's a lot of similar things and a lot of different things I would say um they've adopted a lot of what um of what the valley. Does when it comes to like how you drive um, to create success in your company and grow your company. So Google, really, I think they're the main ones that really came up with the uh, the OKR framework. So it's objectives and key results, and so they really follow that, which is nice. As a product designer, I'm someone who needs to really work with metrics. So in like data. That really helps me helps me inform what decisions I should make for a user and the user experience. So it can't just be qualitative. It can't just be can't just be user interviews. You need both. You need to also look at like a cumulative amount of data to just see like how many people are clicking on this button. Do they know where to find this? And so that's something that we're working towards. And they we find a lot of value in that. So that's great. Um, and the people we work with are top notch, you know, at the company, I really enjoy my, I work across two product teams. And so I have, that means I have two separate um, engineering teams that I work with and two different product managers. And it's, it's, it's great. They're at Twitter. I only worked with one at a time um, just because the company was so big and you had that luxury. Um, But yeah, here it's a little bit smaller, but having the two different teams, it's like two different cultures. And it's like, they have two different um they're like at two different skill sets like one's like a really senior team and Mm -hmm. one's like a really scrappy like new school (laughs) like young team
0: um
1: and so it's so interesting and they're and they're fun they're both fun in their own way and and, um there's a lot of trust right like everyone Mm -hmm. trusts at least in my teams I'm very fortunate where you know they trust me as the expert in design and user experience and I trust them and you know, if you work in tech, it's a lot of negotiation, right? With developers, because they're like, well, that's going to take me like 900 lines of extra code or like two right. extra weeks of work, you know? So um, a lot of what you do is communicate and align and negotiate with your team, really um, hmm. to, to create the best user experience you can with the time constraints that you have. Um, and, and yeah, they, they run just, I would say, just like the Valley in that capacity, like I'm not missing that at all. Yeah, for sure. So I, I, I think it's
0: probably like fortunate for you that you were able to find like a tech company that's at least running in that capacity um here, as well as the community, like you said, that you found um with the Well Collaborative, which I agree. I'm I'm also just a recent member of the of the Well Collaborative. And I was surprised just how um embracing the group actually is. So that is really exciting to hear that. Um you're able to create that for yourself. And I guess I wanted to ask too, what would be your advice to uh, women who are trying to enter um, you know, tech and entrepreneurship? Um, yeah, what's your advice for anyone who might be listening who knows they have dreams to try and create in this space,
1: but they might be feeling a little intimidated to do so? Yeah, I think it takes a lot of... Uh, I mean, I only know one route that I went, right? You could either go the route of school and build a portfolio that way. But I found a lot of tech companies aren't, at at least like the bigger ones, won't necessarily hire you right out of school. They want to see that you have the experience. So it's like, kind of like, well, how am I supposed to get experience if I don't, you know? (laughs) And so I guess my advice in that capacity is you might have to work your way into into product design or into tech, right? Um, as a designer, I can say, you know, you might have to do what I did and start in the world of graphic design. And then maybe you move into visual design for products, you know, software products. And then from there you start to build on those other skills of, you know, user experience design and prototyping. And, and once you have that, and then also design thinking. So and the way that I would recommend doing that is work with smaller companies that need the help. Like I found to, to even get in, into presentation design, I'd started with, low, you know, my rates were $40 an hour in the very beginning, just like a steal. And then I was able to, you know, bring them up to $150 an hour. Um, and I also got to work with really great clients towards when I was on the higher spectrum, right? So it's just, you want to slowly build up a portfolio, slowly build up your experience and and just like, yeah, working with people, like, just, you know, let them know that you're willing to work with them, I think is a really in, a good first step uh, into building a portfolio. And then in terms of, like, getting the jobs, at least in the design world and product design, they really want you to show your process and show your work. So that's something that I had to work, like, I never really had to do like a a product design portfolio until I left Twitter was terrifying. Like, even though I interviewed like tons of people coming into Twitter, I never had to do it myself. And it was scary, but really you need to present yourself as, Oh, I didn't just like make this one little piece, this feature in the app. It was like, okay, we had this problem that, you know, the the company decided we needed to move a metric on, you know, let's increase tweets by 5% year over year. You're like, okay, so how do I do that? And that's really where you're going to start your your journey, right? And um and then you break it down, saying like, oh, we, you know, we did some research or we brainstormed um, some different ways to like make people want to tweet more. And then we narrowed in and decided to go and design this one experience, right? And then that's how you really talk about how you created this experience. You talk about your role. In your responsibility people want to know how you've worked together with these people if you've worked with developers or if it's just like vaporware you know if it's just on dribble like it's not dribble a good helpful thing to showcase things but usually if you want to get into tech you have to show that you've you've worked with people so even if you can't get paying gigs find developers and friends that want to just make side projects you know just just get get some things together and then from there you can really showcase how you've done all these because it's really about how you collaborate with people and not just making pretty wireframes or pretty mocks or whatever you want to call them
0: that's really good advice um yeah that's excellent advice thank you so much for that and I also wanted to give you a chance to share with our audience. Um, if you have you've already shared actually a few few things, but do you have any specific upcoming projects that you would like
1: our audience to know about to look out for? Hmm I mean, yeah, so we have sap com. So we're working, my husband and I are working on a home goods store, and then also a place where we blog about some of our experience in the home renovation space, since we're probably going to be renovating this house for like 10 years. It's a lot of work doing it <laughs> ourselves. Um, and then also, you know, I really want to plug the Well Collaborative, you know, the wellcollaborative.com um, is such a near and dear place, like meeting you there. Like you just meet such fantastic women from really around the world that come from all different walks of life in different industries and different like it's all ages too which I just love Um, it's not just one type of person that you meet there and that's what's really special about it the events are great you know Tammy the founder and I we put on working well once a month that's obviously my favorite thing Um, (laughs) but if you want to just dip your toes in uh, you know a good coffee and connection is really a great way to meet other women and 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 have that human-to-human experience. And everything's virtual right now, which I'm really uh, excited about, even though I do miss the in-person interaction. But that means anyone from anywhere can join these things. So so that's to me, that's really exciting.
0: That's awesome.
1: And I guess my last
0: question for you is, uh, what is the thing you value the most about the role that you're in today and the experiences that you've had um, in product design?
1: Yeah, I think what's really great right now in the role that I'm at, at the company I'm at, they they really trust me and they really give me ownership of things. It's been really refreshing to be at a place where, uh, when you say something, people listen and people give you the space and the the word like the the energy like they want you to do these things. They empower you, um, and that's just been really really nice like that's how I want everyone to be working in tech so yeah it's it's really nice to feel valued to feel heard and when I I get to bring my expertise from this bigger company into a younger smaller company it's it's pretty uh rewarding I would say so cool thank you so much
0: Christina thank you for taking the time to share that value with our audience today and sharing your journey I was definitely super inspired by it
1: thanks yeah it's it's interesting when you live your life right because you're like oh my life's not interesting but But your story, everyone else's story is always way more interesting than your story. So I'm glad that (laughs) it was inspiring.